So, um, what we're going to do this weekend and today, don't worry if you can't hear the amplification, this isn't a microphone, it's just a recorder. What we're going to do this weekend in Freshman Connect is get into Daniel. Everybody say Daniel. Daniel. We're going to get into Daniel, okay? And Daniel's got a lot of rich points. You know, in your book, if you've ever read the book of Daniel, which maybe you haven't, that's okay if you haven't. That's why we like to read the Bible and Christian students on campus. Um, if you open your book, kind of scanning throughout there, you'll see little images of kind of, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables and uh, kind of weird-looking standing statue guy and all kind of things. And those are actually from the book of Daniel. So all this weekend... We're going to be getting into the book of Daniel, and right now, we're going to get into Daniel chapter 1. Is everybody ready for story time? Yes! (laughs) Not that ready. Is everybody ready for story time? Yes! Okay. All right. So, I want you to put yourself back, okay? We're going back, back into the lots of long time ago, far, far away, long, long time ago, uh, about the 6th or 7th century, okay? B.C. I'm not talking about six or 700, I'm talking about B.C. So, that's like, uh, like... 2,600 years ago. That's a long time. Okay, and where are we? We're in uh, modern-day Israel, okay? And it's real hot. Just like now. Just like right now, except worse, okay? Because there's no, uh, like, really nice shade, you know what I mean? So it's the desert, okay? And um, there's also a couple of other things. You have the greatest and most powerful army on the entire earth waiting outside your city walls. Okay? You're in Jerusalem. Uh, You're at a point um, in the kingdom of Israel. The glory has departed, okay? The northern kingdom of Israel is gone. They all got taken captive. All that's left is little Judah. And right there inside Jerusalem, there's a bunch of really terrified people, and that's all that's left of God's people on the earth. And right outside your city walls, you've got the most powerful army on the entire earth, okay? And you're starving, okay? Think about all that. It's hot. Uh, The most powerful army on the entire earth is outside my city walls, and I'm starving, But really, even that's not the greatest deal. Uh, The greatest deal is that you're not only starving, um, but you may be dying of thirst also. It's pretty, pretty bad situation, okay? So you've been starving, nearly starving, trying to stay alive for over a year. You haven't left the walls of Jerusalem in over a year. And you're scared for your life, okay? And actually, okay, the famine is so bad. Get this. This is scripture, okay? I'm not making this up. The famine is so bad that mothers are starting to eat their children. That's how bad it is. You know, when I say famine, uh, I'm not just talking about like, um, oh, man, here in America in the 21st century, our economy is real down, you know, like... I gotta stop going to Starbucks, you know. I, I can only get three or four or five dollar coffees a week, you know. Or, uh, and maybe it got real bad and I had to give up my Netflix subscription, you know. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, uh, like, 
a young mother being so hungry that she's struggling every day as she's considering eating her own child, okay? That's the kind of famine I'm talking about. This is very serious. And I want to tell you about four friends. There are four friends. Their names are Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And they're among the royalty, okay? They're among the elite of Jerusalem, of what's left. Honestly, uh, the kingdom of Judah, is, I mean, it's, it's dwindled. It's, the glory is gone. So even that's not that impressive. But they're the elite, okay? Um, they've received a good education. They're the intelligent. Uh, I don't know if they're the most athletic, but they're up there. You know what I mean? And they were destined for glory, They were destined for the heights of society among God's chosen people on the earth. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they're the upper crust, right? That's what they were destined for, destined to rule. That's until Nebuchadnezzar came from the kingdom of Babylon and camped outside your city walls for over a year. And now, literally, God's people are on the brink of being entirely wiped out from the earth. So, what happens there after, after over a year, okay, uh, the walls break and Babylon finally has a way in. And people are running scared. You know what? You don't know what's going through your mind. Is everybody going to get slaughtered? You know, what about my family? Uh, you know, think about this. What, what's going to happen to my, what's going to happen to my sister? What's going to happen to my mother? What are the soldiers going to do with the women in my family? All these kind of thoughts racing through your mind. And what happens with these four young men, as well as a lot of others, is they get spared. Okay? Um, They're not slaughtered. You know what they did with the king? They had King Nebuchadnezzar. He brought the king of Judah. And then he had all of the king's sons slaughtered in front of his eyes. And then he poked out his eyes. So that would be the last thing he'd ever see. It's very cruel. But by God's mercy, these four men were spared, okay? And unknowing of what the future holds, they started walking. And you know how far they walked? They walked all the way to Babylon. Think Think about this, okay? You've been starving for over a year. And by God's mercy, whenever the king, the king of Babylon, whenever they break in, you're not slaughtered. And then you have to take, uh, you have to take a walking journey. It'd be like walking to Mexico City. Imagine that. What if we just decided, all right, right now we're going to start out. We're going to walk to Mexico City. How would you feel about that? All the while walking there, not knowing what's my fate. What's going to happen to me? I was destined for glory. What am I going to be now? Am I going to be a slave? What's going to to happen to me? I hope I make it to Babylon. I've been trying to survive for over a year. I hope I make it there. So these four young men, they finally make it to Babylon, not knowing their fate, not knowing what the next day holds, not knowing if they would survive, not knowing what was the destiny of their family. And they finally get there, and then a eunuch comes. A eunuch is a servant. One of the king's servants comes. 
And he sets apart these four men as well as a lot of the other elite of the children of Israel that had been taken captive. He sets them apart and he tells them three things. Okay, you, all of you, you're about to take part in, in learning the Chaldean language. Uh, you're going to learn our philosophy. You're going to have all our education. You're going to eat from the king's table every day. And we're giving you a new name. That sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. You've been on the verge of death for probably over two years. Mm-hmm. Completely uncertain of what your fate is to come. And then once you finally get to Babylon, they tell you, hey, we're going to pay for you to go to school. You're going to eat the best food every single day, and we're going to give you a new name. <laughs> Completely new start. Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. Go ahead and say yeah. 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 Sounds real good. Sounds real good. The subtlety here is what uh, the effect of those three things carry out. Okay, the whole goal in doing that is to make God's people Babylonian. It's to completely change them from the inside out so that God's people on the earth end up looking, smelling, acting, talking, and being like absolute heathens. Thus, uh, for God's move, he has no people left to choose from. Actually, those people who were destined for God's move on the earth, they become completely Babylonian. Okay, so just think about it. Okay, so what were the three things? One was education. Food. Food. Name. Okay, for a Jewish child from the age 6 to 12, their education was to memorize the first five books of the Bible. How about that? Just let that sink in. You ever even read the first five books of the Bible? Probably not what you want to memorize, okay? I mean, parts of it at least. Memorize the first five books of the Bible. They'll do that. That's what they would do from age 6 to 12. And then if you were really excellent from 13 to 15, you'd memorize the rest of the Old Testament. And then if you were really excellent... After age 15, you'd follow a rabbi for the next 15 years in a 15-year apprenticeship so that you could become a rabbi at age 30. Needless to say, this group of people on the earth, their whole view and world philosophy was governed by biblical principles. They're governed by thoughts of there is a God in the universe And my actions, I'm accountable to him. He created me. He created me for his purpose. I've been chosen by him. And my entire worldview is governed by an all-inclusive vision that he is and that I'm responsible to him. And now, these four men were engaged in reconstituting their whole thought and world philosophy in the exact opposite. Think about it. They're being uh, inculcated with a pagan philosophy. When I say pagan, what I mean is without God. A worldview that sees everything and considers everything in light of God not existing. In light of not being accountable to Him. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, so I'll give you an example. This is why we have to be careful what we take in. Right. Okay, let me give you an example. One of my teachers 
Uh, this is a hugely popular class in the School of Communication. Uh, it's about lying. I can't remember the exact title, but it's about lying. It's lying and deception. <laughs> it's a super popular class. And the, the guy's major point, this professor's major point, is that um, there is no absolute truth. There's no absolute objective truth. Okay, some of you are thinking, well, what's that mean? This is what it means. What's true for you may not be true for me. I have a truth, and you have a truth. And you know what? There's no such thing as an absolute truth. You have your truth, and I have my truth. And he has his truth, and they have their truth. So what does that mean? Well, to you, yeah, sure there's God. But to me, there's not God. And so you know what that means? That means I'm okay, you're okay, God doesn't exist, whatever I do, it's okay, whatever you do, it's okay. We're all okay, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> and now you consider being uh, reconstituted with a thought, seeing the entire world with a thought that God does not exist. So now that's what these four are doing. Okay, now with food, think about this. You've been starving for over two years. And then they tell you, we're going to feed you from the king's table. His, actually, the Bible uses this word, his choice provision. His choice provision. What do you think that was? Steak, for sure, right? Filet mignon. Filet mignon. Gabe's not going to I mean, right? Right. I mean, uh, I mean the, the finest wine that Babylon's got to offer. You know, the, what, what the Jews had been doing under their famine, they'd been measuring, okay, okay, that's how much water you have for the day. That's how much you get to drink. You can't have any more. Otherwise, we'll, we'll all die of thirst. Okay, now, okay, you can have that much water for the day. Now, not only are you not eating just bread and water, you got steak, you got everything that Babylon has to offer, and you got the finest wine that Babylon has to offer. That sounds like a pretty good deal, right? Yeah. 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 The subtle thing that Daniel picks up on is that all of that food is tainted and contaminated with idolatry. All of the king's choice provision, before it's given to the king, it's offered to the king's gods. And you know how, and Daniel, Daniel set his heart to not be defiled with that food. You know how he knew not to eat of that? He got it from the Bible. He got it from the Bible. Um... This is why we have to watch what we take in through the gates of our eyes and through the gates of our ears. Without even knowing it, we can be tainted and contaminated by what we daily take in until we uh, smell, talk, uh, act like, and we end up completely becoming Babylonian. We're meant to be for God and His purpose, and actually by our intake, you can't tell a difference between us and anyone else. Very interesting, right? We don't want to be, uh, you know, I may like Apple products, but I don't want to be an Apple man. I want to be a God man. You know what I mean? I I may like Longhorn football, but I don't want to take it in so much that I become a Longhorn football man. I want to be a God man. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Number three, they changed their name. Okay, Daniel went from Daniel, which means God will judge, to Belteshazzar. And uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah went to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Actually, we know them better by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And all those names are related to pagan gods. And so what does that indicate? That indicates that actually the whole process, the goal was to change the person. The name denotes the person. When Jacob uh, wrestled with God... God said, now your name's Israel, which means Prince of God. That's pretty good, right? If you're going to change your name, change it to Israel. But the opposite was happening there. Daniel Belteshazzar. Terrible name, right? Anyway, that was the goal. Okay, so to these three things, to these three strategies, there were three reactions. Say that, three reactions. Three reactions. Now say it like me. Three reactions. Three reactions. Three holy reactions. Oh, you don't have to say that. You don't have to say that part. You don't have to say that part. Okay. Um, does anyone have their Bible on them? Somebody's got a phone. I know that. You got your Bible? I've got my phone. Okay. Somebody on their... Um, okay, get out your Bibles. We're going to look at our Bibles. I hope you brought your Bible to Freshman Connect. If you didn't bring your Bible, say, oh, no. Oh, no. Jesus still loves you. Okay. Somebody get chapter 1, verse 8 for me. Of Daniel. Sorry. We're in the book of Daniel. You got it, Vanya. I almost have it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, you don't have it. It's okay. (laughs) One verse eight, go, bro. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Okay, okay. Now stand up, turn around, read that to everybody again with a strong spirit, Nathan. Um, um, But Dan... Purposed. (laughs) Purposed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got it. But Daniel purposed in his heart. Okay, now read read that again and emphasize on purposed. But Daniel purposed. Yes. Everybody say yes. Yes. All right. Keep going. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Okay, so what happened was, as all of this is happening, okay, all right, we just got to Babylon. Praise the Lord, we're not going to be slaughtered here. Praise the Lord, I'm not going into slavery. They're just going to give us a great education, feed us awesome, and change our name. Right as all that's happening, Daniel says, no. Wow. Pretty tight. (laughs) He says, no. Okay, and what the scripture tells us is that he purposed in his heart. Other other versions say he set his heart. He set his heart. Boy, isn't that good? The entirety of your Christian life, what I'm telling you right now is very important. The entirety of your Christian life from here on out will be characterized by your will. By your will. And when God finds a man or a woman whose heart is set for him, who would stand for him, um, who's made a decision that I will be for God, Almighty God will see that man or woman and he will back them up and stand with them. Daniel set his heart. 
Um, number two, this is our second reaction. Somebody read verse 11 and 12 for me. Hopefully you still got your Bible out. If you don't, we'll wait in awkward silence. There you go. Okay, so there was the four. The four of them, because Daniel set his heart, it's interesting, one automatically became four. Isn't that interesting? One went to four. You know what probably happened among those friends? There's four of them there. Been buddies since they were kiddos. Probably Daniel said, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't doing it. Why? Because of ha-da-da, ha-da-da, ha-da-da. Man, that food is contaminated. It's been offered to idols. I'm not doing it. Probably, you know what happens? The other three said, one was probably like, I don't know, man. Bro, I'm starving, okay? Great education. I'm starving. The other one's like, man, I don't know. Dan, Daniel may be right. The other one's kind of, you know, uh, what ended up happening is four. Four were ready to stand together. One set his heart, and then God gave him three more to stand with him. Okay. Set heart and companions. Those are two reactions. And you know what? Uh, Probably the only way Daniel was able to have discernment that that was bad was was by having a healthy diet, having a healthy diet of Scripture. He knew it because he read God's Word. You know, that's why we have these three things for you. We've got the Bible reading. That's what we do every single year. If you don't like Bible Bible reading, it's going to be boring being with us because that's what we do all the time. We want to have a healthy diet. Uh, you know, one thing we just started was our podcast. And I want to tell you what, if you see me on campus, I got them things going in my ears, okay? Why, why do I do that? Because I want to get it in. Yeah. You know what else we have? Uh, how many hours a day do you think my generation and below spends on some kind of device? An iPhone, a tablet, a laptop. How many hours would you guess? A year? A day. A day. Five? Too low. Twelve. Twelve? Twelve actually may be right. Um, the statistic. The statistic is eight. But you have to think about this. Hopefully you're sleeping eight hours a day. Hopefully you're in class or studying or working or doing something else for about eight hours a day. How many hours a day does that leave? Eight. Eight. That means all your free time you spend on some kind of device. Isn't that interesting? Sleep eight hours, work eight hours. All the other time goes to being on some kind of device. That's the statistic, eight hours. And so you know what? That's why, that's why we have a podcast. That's why we're making videos from our ministry series. Is because all that time, out of all that time on the device, hopefully, maybe five, ten, or fifteen minutes, I'll get some healthy stuff in. Everybody say amen. Amen. All right. Yes. Okay. Last. Oh, and I, and I got to tell you this. Okay. So I used to play football here. That's actually why I came to the University of Texas. I came to play football. I didn't come to go to school. I came to play football. And praise the Lord, something better happened. Once I got here, I got saved. I met Jesus. And then I met the brothers on campus. And on the football team, uh, there was a number of seeking believers, but we weren't really doing anything together. 
And so two of us started praying together. We said, you know what? We're going to pray together. And let's pray for the people on our team to get saved. You know what I mean? Might as well. That's why we're here. So that's what we did. And man, by the end of like one year later, 16 of our friends, their girlfriends, their whatever, 16 people got baptized in one summer. And you know what? That happened by two of us saying, hey, man, maybe we should start praying together. Yeah, let's do that once a week maybe. And then eventually there was about 12 of us that were praying regularly together every single week right there in the Longhorn locker room. And so you know what? If there will be a set heart, God will stand with you and he'll add to you to strengthen that will. He'll give you companions. Okay, last one. Uh, Somebody get verse 19 and 20. And we'll have awkward silence till you get it. <laughs> Got it. So, oh, great. And the king spoke with them, and among them all, among, and among them all, none were found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they stood in the presence of the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians. All right. Everybody say ten times, ten times better. At the end of three years, which is almost like four years, it's kind of similar to college. There were four, those four men, they had a healthy diet. They were not taking in the king's choice provision every day, every day, every day. And at the end of that three-year period, you know what? The king found them ten times better than anybody else. Isn't that amazing? Ten times better. Um, I really like, there's a verse before that says their countenance was found better. Their countenance. You know, your countenance, your eyes, it's a window to your soul. And their countenance was found better. Um, I want to tell you, that I'm going to end with this story. Okay, we won't have to listen to me anymore. Um, On the football team, there were some Christians, and I watched it happen many times. And uh, I watched it happen with sorrow many times. There were guys who uh, felt the need like they're Christians, definitely brothers, um, who love Jesus. And they came to a point in their football career where they felt like they needed to step up um, and be the leader. And in order to be the leader, they needed to change in order to lead effectively for everyone. Because, you know, everyone's not a Christian on the University of Texas football team, believe it or not. Not everyone's a believer. (laughs) And they felt that they needed to change in order to effectively lead. And so, you 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 know what happened? Their diet changed. And over a period of time, it's amazing to watch how their language changed. It's very interesting. You know, remember, it's the first thing that they wanted the, the, uh, the Jews to do, change their language. It's amazing to watch these guys, how their language changed. Things started coming out of their mouth that normally they would never say or want, or want to be heard that they would say. You understand what I'm saying? Jokes would come out or they would laugh at jokes that normally they would never want anyone to hear them laugh at. Um, it's amazing to watch how certain places that normally they would never go to, they kind of became okay. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not that bad, you know. I mean, I want to be with the guys. 
I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to effectively lead the guys, I mean, I need to be with them, you know. So, I mean, wherever we're going after the game, I mean, I, I can just go. I mean, it's fine. It's fine if I just go along. Eventually, you know what happened? You could have given them a completely different name. You could have given them a completely different name. Somewhere there's grass getting watered right now. And so, you know what? You know what? The, you know what? You know what? You know what? 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 We don't want to be like that, right? Yeah. We want to have a healthy diet. Yeah. Everybody say healthy diet. Healthy oh, diet. Bible reading. Say that. Bible reading. Bible oh, reading. podcast. Podcast. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, on the internet, you know, just Jesus. Just taking in Jesus. Um, because, you know what, before we know it, before we know it, with a subtle change in our diet, a few years later, we can be a completely different person. And you know what? We will, uh, it would be hard to tell, even if you're a child of God, it could be hard to tell that you're any different from Johnny Babylon. You know what I mean? I mean, I hope your name's not Johnny Babylon, but you know what I mean. Um, and so, and so, that's what we're here for this weekend. Amen. We want to have a good diet. And that's why we're going to start off this semester with having a good, healthy diet. Well, we're going to have lots of fun, and we're going to enjoy Jesus big time, too. And you know what? We're going to do it as companions. How's that sound? Great. Everybody say A-OK. A-OK. Sounds great. Sounds great. All right, praise the Lord.